Yo! Welcome to Postmodem. We have a guest today. Guest, identify yourself. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, my name is Ed Finkler. Um, some people call me Funkatron. Um, and I, I, if they know me on Twitter or something like that, they might know me from that. Uh, so I'm that person. And and Ed Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, but but you're living off all that fat cash you made uh, off the ham button, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I I here's what happened with the ham button. Um, it peaked, but it was real fast. Like it peaked super fast, and I just did it for fun. And then like near the end of that peak, I decided, you know, maybe I should try to sell some t-shirts or something like this and make some money off this. <laughs> I miss I miss that entirely. Like there's uh, you can see this, there's this. There's like a, it's like a very tall, super structure tower mountain kind of thing. And there's a just really sharp peak. And then down at like about a hundred feet, uh, uh, like above sea level, that's where I was like, oh, you know what? I should put like a thing on here for t-shirts. And that, and I think I sold three. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh no, that is not, believe me. It's not like it did me any harm, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Somebody well, made... we spent a we spent a weekend in New York up with Colin. Hey, and I, I, uh, I yes, exactly. Hey, I was <laughs> damn it. I would say we hit the ham button probably two thousand times in total. I think yeah. the proudest the proudest moment I had was when a guy actually who I went to college with. I, I don't talk to a ton now, but I I, you know, I still talk to her once in a while, and he uh, he lives in Seattle now, and. Uh, he showed me a picture of his little daughter who couldn't be older than a year and a half hitting the ham button on a Microsoft surface, like over and over. <laughs> she, she thought it was the best and she uploaded this video to YouTube and it was great. Oh man, that was like the best thing ever. So that made it totally worth it. Right. Oh, that's, um, that's awesome. Do you have any stats on how, how often the ham button has been hit at this point? Uh, yeah. Hopefully this won't like screw up the browser. Let me see if I can do it because I put, Oh yeah, I did it on get clicky. Um I did put a little thing that like a little bit too late, but I did put in a thing that like said that tracks events um in it so it will uh like track it'll track that stuff. But let's see if I can make that happen. You guys just talk among yourselves while I'm trying to figure this out, right? The, the public needs to know. I know. This is important stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it was it was the breakout app of South by Southwest. I mean, <laughs> un, un, unquestionably, yeah. the, the, it, it, it win some sort of showcase award. Am, am I wrong yeah. about that? <laughs> no, the Crunchies, the Crunchies Southwest. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the phrase oh. "the Crunchies" produces this wave of revulsion in my body. Oh my god, oh. dude, that is the those guys are the worst. Um, yeah. oh. I can give you, I can give you an exact count. Um, well, at least when I started recording it, and that is sixty nine thousand one hundred seventeen times. That's a lot of times. Sixty yeah. nine, dude. That, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a lot of ham. I think we're sexualizing this podcast already, and I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! We're problematic. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. Uh. So. So. Yeah. No. That was super fun. And uh, actually, the funny thing is, I think I might be getting um some. Uh, like a Windows 8 phone, so that I can work on a uh, a little like ham button <laughs> tile for it. Like somebody oh, awesome. contact Excellent. me about that. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be fun. 
I, I've been wanting. I, I've I've been wanting to make just a ham button app for iOS. Just a little. Yeah. Right. So I'd be comfortable with that. I could provide you with assets if you wanted to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk after the Do show. Do you have it in Flack? I'm gonna uh, need it in Flack, guys. Well, I took would you guys? I, I, I can. It won't be any better than the MP3. But it, actually, I think I I had to re-encode it as a wave because I wanted it to play on more stuff. But um, uh, yeah, Philip yeah, and Ed. Totally. Philip and Ed, are you guys gonna talk turkey? <laughs> Get it? Yes. 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 Boo! I'll see myself out. Yeah. <laughs> Go for a walk and think about what you've done. Sit a few plays out, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we wanted to talk about. Uh, like you proposed a very uh, interesting and cool talk topic uh, yeah. about uh, open sourcing mental illness, and this is an uh, issue near and dear to all of our hearts at Postmodem. We're, we're all uh, moderately so, to severe mentally ill. Yeah, right. uh, we all we've and and we've and we've talked we, we've all talked in public about uh, about living with mental illness. And, right. Um, it's definitely not like a taboo subject. Right. Um, uh, not so, not something that uh, not the first thing I would any of us would identify ourselves as. I feel confident saying. Sure. But uh, uh, like, let, give the listeners a little bit of a like overview about like I guess what prompted you to start talking about this yeah. in a from a programming point of view, from an open source point of view. Well, yeah, I mean, um, so really, what ha- I mean, the the short thing is that. To make it real short, without turning this into a memoir, uh, I've uh, I've had a lot of issues with depression and anxiety my whole life, and um, and and uh, if fairly severe. I've I've had to take um, you know different people have different stuff that works for them. I have take had to take medication since I was you know like a teenager, um, and and that stuff. Uh, so I've been dealing with that for a long time. Now. Um, I find that, uh, you know, this kind of has its ups and downs, but like last year I was at a, um, a PHP conference and, um, it was just like, I had a really, really crappy time with it. And I remember I, uh, because like, I forgot some of the medication I have to take and, oh, I also forgot to bring my CPAP. I don't know if do you guys know what sleep apnea is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and, uh, so I have sleep apnea, I found out, um, a couple of years, like, a, I don't know, a year or two ago. And so I have to sleep with a CPAP. Otherwise I basically don't sleep very well at all. And yeah. I, it's like, I'm tired constantly all the time and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a, not a cool thing. So one of the things is that when you travel, you have to bring this thing with you because otherwise you're going to sleep like crap. Right. And, um, and so I didn't have it and I slept like crap and I got sick and I didn't have some of my medication. And, and even if, even if like you, with a lot of these meds, what happens is that it isn't necessarily like, Oh, I didn't take it today. So, uh, I'm going to slit my wrists, but it's more like, <laughs> um, it's more like, uh, I, like you forget it and then, Oh, I'm suddenly really dizzy all the time or something like that. Like I'll get vertigo from like, if I miss it for, if I don't, if I take it late, sometimes it'll have issues with that. So a lot of, so I was, it was just this really bad thing. I ended up leaving like a day early and I gave a couple talks and I was, you know, I was able to get through them and stuff like that. But I, and I felt, I ended up getting sick too, because I couldn't sleep and 
I, when I don't sleep, my I think my immune system just kind of like really craps out, and yeah, so it yeah. Really sucked. And and it was a really just altogether like very uncomfortable, not fun situation for me. And it wasn't the fault. The conference was great, and you know everything went fine. So it wasn't like the fault of anybody at the conference. It was just it was I I just had this terrible experience with it, and I uh, I I came home and I I just. I don't know. I was just in such a bad place and, and I, uh, dealing with stuff and I just felt like I kind of like had to talk about this. And I guess, and I don't know. I mean, for, I guess for the most part, it was really for me. It, it wasn't like I was trying to do this. I was like, Oh, I'm going to change people's lives or something. (laughs) Um, it was probably more like, uh, I, I don't, I feel like I, I, I constantly for me and different people are different, you know, stuff going on but for me i've always felt like like a lot of my struggle has been this feeling like i feel like people don't understand what i'm going through i just want i just want like people to sort of be like to get how i feel inside because a lot of times i felt i felt a lot of times in my life i felt like there was something wrong with me and like clearly there's like i'm screwed up and if i just had normal reactions to things everything would be okay and like and people just don't understand. Like, I see people, like, they have, like, why don't they get as upset as I do when, like, they get in, like, some guys being mean to them on the Internet? Like, why they seem <laughs> yeah. to, like, be able to kind of blow it <laughs> off. There. Right? Yeah. They seem to be like, uh, what's, just, just ignore them, whatever. And I'm like, uh, no, I can't. And you just how, obsess how about it. How do you do that? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't I, know. I, it's really I don't know how to let my haters be motivators. No. Yeah. I wish that would be great. I would, I wish I could do that. Um, and I guess, you know, I've gotten a little better at it and I don't know some of that's, you know, better meds and and getting older too, I guess, but whatever the, the point is I've always felt like, I just felt like I kind of had to talk about it and I've been doing this podcast uh, called development health for. It's a good podcast. We, uh, we approve. I've been listening to episodes of it. Uh, it's good stuff, man. Thank you. So, so I do it with this guy, Chris Harches and, uh, um, and, he, uh, but I was like, I want to talk about this shit on the podcast. And he was like, okay, I guess so. Like, like he's not like, uh, I don't know. He was, kind of, I think he was kind of like, I'm not sure what this is going to be like. What's he going to do? Right. You know, <laughs> and, uh, oh, shit. But, but he was, yeah. Right. It's like, okay. Um, but no, he was totally cool about it and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and not, not super ham handed about how he tried to react. So he basically just let me talk for like, Phillip, he just let me down. talk for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Right. He, he was like, well, so yeah, that's good. You're, you know, taking care of stuff. And, um, <laughs> but, but you know, he was really cool about it. Actually. No, he, was, he was super cool. And he's, and, yeah. uh, and so he just kind of let me talk for a long time. I mean, right. And, yeah. uh, so it was like, most of the time we talk about stuff like, programming or how we hate our lives in programming <laughs> or um, how like we wish we knew something better to do than like work in PHP because that's like all we know like we've known for the last 15 years right and, and you're like this is oh like, have, have you tried oh. Node.js yes <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, it's, I, I hear it's web scale, but um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it, you can write in the same language on the browser and the server. So, that just solves all your problems. <laughs> I mean, let's use this weird ass broken language Netscape invented. 
I, I like JavaScript, but it, it's, but yeah. Anyway, but the point is, for what it um, is, it's it's not too, not too bad. But I don't really know if if what it is is also something that you really want to like build your entire yeah, right, it's a, right, 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 and and uh, but yeah, like we both know PHP really well. That's how we know each other is from PHP conferences and stuff like that. It's kind of hard because it's like, well, I could transition to something else, but I literally know this shit like the like the back of my hand, and so it's kind of hard to like transition out. So most of it's moaning about that. Anyway, but the point is, uh, so he let me sort of moan about this for a while. And the thing is, the, the, the crazy thing was that, um, you know, me talking about this, talking about, like, the experience I have, and little, like, anecdotes, like, well, this is what it's like when, like, if I try to travel, or uh, this is what it's like when I encounter a situation, like, I'm not really comfortable with, like, I don't know the etiquette or, like, the steps I'm supposed to go through. I find that paralyzing. And like I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Like I, I won't be comfortable going to like a certain restaurant because I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Here's the example. So just, th- th- just uh, this Wednesday, we went to a Japanese restaurant here in town, and it's a Japanese restaurant where they will go out and like you're supposed to take your shoes off. Like now they have some tape regular tables you can sit at, but you're supposed to take your shoes off. And I'm like, and you know, I'm basically kind of a hayseed, so I don't really know. Like, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> but I, feel I, you. I have enough, like, I, I get really scared of being in situations where I think I'm going to embarrass myself. I guess that's really what it is. It's like, I'm scared of doing a, a feeling like I'm out of place. And so that really is a really scary feeling for me. So I, I've heard like people are like, yeah, that place is really good. That's really awesome. But then it's like, well, you got to take your shoes off. And I'm like, oh shit. That sounds like a place where I'm going to screw up and I'm like, and you're going to, I'm going to come in there and I'm going to have mud on my shoes or something. And I'm going to forget and I'm not going to do the right thing. And probably they're going to like serve me some kind of blowfish. I'm going to eat the wrong, like the wrong end of it and I'm going to die. And like, that's what I think is going to, you know, so I, I, you know, my brain is unfortunately really good at like constructing scenarios quickly in terms yes. of like what's going to <laughs> yes. happen. Yes, yes. There's a book by Viktor Frankl called Full Catastrophic Thinking. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good book, but like whenever, and like as someone who constructs elaborate scenarios I, of humiliation yeah. in my brain, it's full catastrophic thinking. That yeah. term stuck I, with I, it. I, I, really, I really do think like the CIA should recruit heavily from people with anxiety disorders because oh, like we're like yeah. fucking like game theorists. Yeah, like, seriously. Oh, oh it's like, like, <laughs> right. all right, look, if here are all the possible ways that yeah. I could completely ruin this and everyone would hate me. And uh, it's yep. like, so-and-so's about to attack. We need scenarios. Like, dude, I, I have 30 scenarios right now. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Most of them involve so, me uh, peeing my pants. Most of them involve me peeing <laughs> my pants. But we can work with that. We don't advise that you take the urination strategy. <laughs> well, I, the funny thing is, is that I think that... Um, uh, let me finish this, but I th- there's something to that, like what you just said about like there's there's like career benefits for being like this, right? And yes, having definitely. a brain that works Absolutely. like this. So, well, I, I ended up being like being able to go to this place, and we met, and everything was fine. But the reason why it worked was because I was able to like meet people there, and especially because somebody met me outside, and I was able to walk in with him, and he had been there before, and he knew what he was doing. Or it actually, it was more like I could sort of like hide behind him and like let him lead the way in, and then I'm okay. Like, yeah. and then then I'm like, all right, yeah. I know what I'm okay. I'm cool with this, and you know. But if I don't have that, I'd be like, uh, right. I don't think I'm going there. Well, because right? it's someone that happen. you trust to give you the approval, right. because otherwise you're like. 
I don't know. I'm not comfortable with this person. Like they might right. lash out at me, but it's someone you trusted to be like, no, like if there's any problems, they would tell you and like, be like, Oh, whoa, heads up. Right. Like your shoes are too muddy or whatever, you know, like you like, you're not wearing matching socks and they don't like that or whatever, whatever thing that right. it was that would piss him off that he would, you trusted him to like take care of you. Yeah, right. I know exactly how that is. Right. So the thing though, that I, I do think is that, like what you were saying about, I think I'm, 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 I don't think I'm a particularly good programmer, but I think there's some things I'm good at. And I think no one's a good programmer, well. dude. We're all just <laughs> <Yeah>. varying <laughs> levels of right. terrible. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, I, I, I let me put it this way: I have very little like formal CS training, for example, and like you guys were talking about like doing shit in in stacks and like looking through a heap, and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that what the fuck is that shit, man. All I do is make <laughs> web stuff, so it's like it's like I I take a string and then I turn it into another string and then I send that back. That is all I do. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> that is it, right? But um, I'm good at doing things, I guess, because my brain like tends to pattern match quickly, um, like a little faster than some other people's. So I tend to be really good at like anticipating, okay, well, if you, if this happens, well, what if that happens? Right. If, if we do this, isn't that going to have this consequence or things like that? And like, I haven't really had any, like, like much, I never went through like an info information security training or things like that, but I worked for nine years at an infosec research center, just doing like web stuff for them. But I got to the point where I was doing, like, I would go in and, like, do audits on people's things, even though I really didn't have any training in it. Well, it's just because I got – I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, well, okay, these are the kind of common things you start seeing, and then I can I can start identifying them quickly and see. And so I'm one of these people who, like, um, when people are like, well, what if we had the user do this? And I'm like, oh, well – you got to be sure, careful, because like if you let them do that, like these three things, they could send to into the application, like break your shit that way, right? So I'm always kind of like thinking about it that way, and 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 so I think like in some ways, I think the way my brain is, is kind of advantageous because it tends to like construct these scenarios quickly of like, well, okay, if we have this situation, what if this happens, or what if a person like. What if this person uh, gets this email and they do this with it? Like, what's that? What are they going to do? Or, or you know, <laughs> so it's it's. I think it's it's advantageous, particularly when you're building like like most websites have like lots of like web applications have lots of different you know complex components, and there's lots of things that go into them. So it's not just one like system that's written in one language and has to do one thing. God, I wish it would be a lot easier. Um, it's really about like <laughs> just use JavaScript, right? Right. But really, you have all these different things that have to map together. You have like um, you have design stuff, and then you have like different just different languages. Even a website say just JavaScript. Well, no, like there's CSS, and CSS is deeply complex and and filled with pitfalls. Um, Can I take a moment to say, fuck CSS? Yeah, it's terrible. It's <laughs> Just a, on the record, like, fuck it. It's a terrible, terrible language, I guess. It's a I, I, I had language. Colin do all the CSS for the postmodem website. This was by design. <laughs> this only, was, thank you, Colin. You took you're welcome. Well, I used to work at a browser company, so I know a thing or two about CSS. You poor, poor bastard. So I know yeah. a fair bit about CSS. A lot of my <laughs> chops are a little bit rusty, but the only way you know you learn that stuff is by... You just learn how all these quirks about it. Like it is so hard, like to try to understand. Like, well, how do I position this thing like in this way? And how what, do I, I vertically center shit? 
Yeah, no, you, you don't. don't. You just don't. You lunatic. Yeah, it's, it's impossible, right? And what, who did that? Why would you design something? Oh, obviously. Anyway, so you got CSS and you got HTML, which is flaking in and of itself. Um, and then you've got, um, and then that's, I mean, that's just on the server side. And b- you can build super complex stuff and like figuring out how things are supposed to fit together that way is a hard thing. And then you got, you know, backend stuff that has to do with that. And then dealing with like data servers, data sources. And probably if you're going to build an application that involves like a few, like anything other than very basic activity, you're going to involve things like, well, you're going to have to have a web server and you're going to have to like have a web application server. And then you're going to have to have actually like your applications stuff that goes into that. Like, so if you got like a standard Python setup, it's going like, well, you got Nginx and then you've got, you know, something like G Unicorn and then you've got the actual like Python app. I thought stuff was weird in PHP. And now it's like there's, I have to set up three things just to actually run like any code. And, you know, so, and that uh, then that's not even having a data source. And I got a database thing too. And then, well, if I want to do like any kind of searching that like a human could use and actually find something useful, well, then I have to pull in something like Elasticsearch, right? So there's a bunch of different things that I have to fit into this. And there's just lots of systems. And I think it's, it's fun because it works well for people who, who kind of want to pull together things like that and tend to sort of think about like, okay, well, what if, you know, hey, like at the end of the day, they they can take like what's this person's user experience going to be like, and then map that back to the stack, the technology stack, or like how you implement that. Yeah, and that I think is something that I do okay. I mean, there's a lot. I'm I'm kind of like fair to middling at a bunch of things, but like thinking <laughs> about it that way, I think I'm okay at. But I think that happens because my brain tends to do that, and the unfortunate side of it is my brain tends to do those things with negative things a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, right. yeah, right, yeah. So, I, I anyway, so I did this, I did this podcast where I just sat and kind of talked about that and talked about like situations I've had and, and examples of like how that manifests itself and stuff like that, and um, and and so I think that uh, one of the the thing that was crazy was like suddenly all these people are like coming out of the woodwork and telling me like i guess two there were like two major like i guess categories of response or types of responses i got and the first one was i didn't you know i i you're it's really awesome that you're talking about this and i didn't really understand what this stuff was like but i like i feel like i kind of understand it better now and that was the first thing right and then the second thing i got was from people who were like yeah i I feel I deal with shit like that, like all my life. And I'm afraid to talk about it. I'm afraid to talk to anybody. Like I was afraid to talk to my family about it. I was, you know, I didn't, you know, only the only person in my life, the only person who knows is maybe my wife or something like that. And, and this has caused all sorts of problems in my life and stuff like that. And I haven't been able, you know, and, and thank you for talking about it. And, you know, and then people who are like, just thank you because I feel like I'm not alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for and, sure. And I know, like, when I was a teenager, um, uh, I there was, I don't know, everybody's, like, when they're a teenager, they're going through a lot of shit, and it's, things are changing stuff. But for the longest time, I mean, it's went on for a long time, I felt like there was just something wrong with me. Like, yeah. like I was saying, yep. like, <laughs> like, like, why is it that other people don't have, I mean, for me, it's like, I would have, like, sort of the nature of the emotions are sort of, I guess, sort of normal, but like the intensity of reaction I'd have is like way higher than what most other people have. And so like, if I got mad, I would get 
really mad or if I get frustrated, I get really frustrated or if I'd get like down and, and like upset and kind of depressed, I'd, it would be like, it would, it would slide super fast into like the whole world fucking sucks. Everything is terrible and I don't care anymore and nothing matters and it doesn't matter what happens at all. And just everything is shit. Right. Yes. And so I kind of get into that place easier. And for me, you know, for me, I, it's helped me to take medication that kind of evens that stuff out some. I mean, different people, like I said, different people, different things. So I'm always sort of wary of like, well, just take medication and everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then also, I mean, I've done a lot of therapy with like, you know, actual therapists and not, you know, like, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, unfortunately, I think, and I look, I know a lot of, not a lot, but I know several, um, like, general practice physicians. And it's not like they're dumb people or anything, but that's it's not what they train in. They're not right. they're not psychiatrists yep. or psychologists. Yeah, exactly. so, and so I think a lot of the experience that people have, and I, I don't know, it works for some folks, but they go to their doctor and they're like, uh, I'm just really bummed out, right? And and the doctor's like, okay, well, I can give you this. Can Prozac. Give you some, yeah, Prozac. <laughs> no, no. Like some other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But no, that happens right. to all, people all the time. Like, like they, their GP will just prescribe them an SSRI or, or like right. some other sort of like. Fairly, honestly, fairly honestly I think we'll have reached the point, like societally, when uh, that we need to, when uh, when visiting a therapist is for everyone something that you need to do sometimes like yeah. going to the dentist you know yeah. like not everybody needs to go to the dentist like every couple of months or you know like pe sure people with like mad messed up <clears> teeth <throat> right. oh, i have a really good tooth story i should tell <laughs> a time a time a tooth fell out of my face that's a good story anyway oh uh um like most people don't need to see a therapist very often but you know maybe they should go in once every six months or 12 months and just talk about how they're feeling feeling lately so they can identify their problems so yeah uh, honestly, absolutely I, I think that uh that's something that we need to move forward as a society and i think it's been getting better recently like people aren't afraid to drop the term uh my therapist in right. conversations anymore yeah but it's still something that kind of raises eyebrows and like Eek. i really hope we can move beyond that because holy shit like if you have any problems at all like having a therapist is the first thing like that I say yeah. you need yeah, to get. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and there and there's definitely still and you know there's definitely still a stigma there because like you know I I I very recently started seeing a therapist regularly. Mm -hmm. It's not something I was comfortable with, and it, and yeah, I, I I I always like you know my mental illness. I just I I just tried to deal with it on my own, just because like where I grew up, that's like. You know, people are like, oh, it's all in your head. Like that's that's right. it's bullshit. Yeah. Like that, that's witch doctor shit. Just and, decide. And, Just decide. Right, right. And, and you know, my my mom, my mom has very similar issues, but we never talked about it. Like it's just not really a culture where you talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. and you know, like just and just knowing Patrick and Colin, you know, has helped a ton just with my yeah. being um. comfortable comfortable with with talking about that kind of thing. And like, so yeah, I started seeing, seeing a therapist. But like, there are times where I'm like. I'm not super comfortable with some people like dropping the term my therapist. Like I mean, even, in general, I'm pretty open with it, but like with my friends. But like you know, if I just met somebody, I I honestly wouldn't. I, I'd be very uncomfortable just offhand, like, oh, I saw my therapist today. Today, like, yeah. Um, for for me personally, like, <clears throat> I mean, I've been seeing 
various, you know, like therapists and stuff like that. Basically, my whole life, like I, I was diagnosed with like AD, ADD and stuff like that when I was pretty young, and like I also deal with like depression and anxiety stuff. And so I've been seeing a therapist for most of my my life, and like I'm still uncomfortable saying it a lot of the time to like people, like especially like like business people, like you know, you're trying yeah. to schedule a meeting, and it's like. Oh, how about you know Thursday at eleven? And you're like, well, uh, I have a doctor's appointment then. I mean, like, right, not right. exactly a lie, but also like, at some point you kind of have to come clean that like, okay, the reason why I'm busy every week at eleven o'clock is because I'm seeing my therapist. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. they're like, are you sick? Like, why are you seeing the doctor so much? Like, and that's right. uncomfortable and mm-hmm. like anxiety inducing. So, um, honestly, I've always been super impressed with people. Uh, I mean, I, I worked for a company. We won't go into. Uh, the details of the company, but I work for a company that is a that is you know a big co. Uh, right. Uh, I don't live the indie lifestyle, and so I've always been super impressed when people who live the indie lifestyle, as I would say uh, you, you, Colin and Philip do, uh, manage to deal with that shit. Because I think it's actually a bit easier in big companies because like you can just you can kind of factor that time in. You can tell your boss, you know, hey, I'm gone every two weeks at you know for an hour and a half. And schedule your shit around that. And yeah. it's easier, you know? Right. Um, a lot of, you know, it's funny you say that. I, uh, and I, I, you asked about, like, I guess it, I end up talking about, like, how it relates to being a developer and how it relates to doing different stuff and, like, being a member of the open source community or whatever that means and, and stuff like that because. You know, that's really all I know. I can't, I, I you know, I'm not, I can't, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an expert really. It, I'm, I would, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in mental health. I, I mean, but somebody said uh, to me the other day, we were talking about stuff. Uh, it says like, uh, well, using a toilet doesn't make you a plumber, right? <laughs> uh, right. So I like that. I'm stealing uh, that. You know, yeah, right. And, and uh, it doesn't, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't say I'm expert. I think I'm somewhat educated on some of those issues uh because i try to be aware of that stuff but um i'm not expert but i know a lot about my own experience and what i found was that when i've talked about it a lot of people were like really really appreciative of it so i'm gonna like try to keep talking about it like but one of the things that's my point here was that um like you talk like you talked about this uh this idea of sort of like an indie lifestyle or like and you know for me I t- have tended to uh, more, it seems like, than other people. I will stay at a job for a long time because I'm like, I get comfortable there and I don't like change. I do not, change is very bad for me. It tends to throw all my shit off. I like mm-hmm. I like things to stay the same. I do not like to, I don't like to travel. <laughs> I don't like to move around. I don't like to, uh, uh, I don't, I don't get excited by those things. Like, well, I, and I have traveled for things like speaking at conferences and stuff, and I'm always jealous of these guys who are like, yeah, I'm just going to go uh, explore the city. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> why, why the fuck would you do that? We have everything yeah. we need here. Yeah, no, I want... There's I a want bar the... right over there. Yeah, right, exactly. And I, I, I have I, a I, toothbrush I, in my hotel room. Right, this is like the hotel room is a safe place. <laughs> and they'll pick up after me, like if I make a mess, and everything's fine. It's that's the best part of it. The worst part is all the other stuff. Like if I like, like I would, I it, it, you know, it, it drives me nuts. Like when, like if my hotel 
is not attached to where the conference is or like the conference isn't in the hotel or whatever. And I'm like, oh, God, i got to figure out like how to get from A to B. And God forbid that involves more than like walking two blocks. <laughs> like if I have to like if I have to take public transportation some way. Oh, shit. Oh. I, the, like the only reason I like comfortable yeah, public like, transportation is super difficult for me. Like yeah. I live and die by my phone. Uh, it, I, if I don't, if I don't, I, even thinking about not having my phone and trying to take public transportation sends me into like fits of like I've been lost yeah. on the Tokyo subway and like throwing. Uh, like l- I had to vault a turnstile and throw, uh, throw like the four tickets that I had bought that turned out to be the wrong tickets at like the. Uh, at the conductor and be like, I am so sorry. Uh, <laughs> that uh, sounds like, well, the, 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 it was a, a demanding way, but I'm amazed that you were even able to go to Tokyo because that to me, like just thinking about like if somebody was, this happens to me all the time. Cause one of the things we do at the, at the company I work for fictive Ken, is, is they'll do, we all work remotely and we do these kind of retreats like a couple times a year. So everybody can get together and they'll be like, hey, let's go to, um, what was it? He said something. I can't remember what it was, but it was something just that sounded ridiculous to me. But what I remember is when he said, yeah, we're all going to go to, oh, I think it might have been the Montreal thing. Like, they all meant Montreal because, like, uh, one guy lives in Montreal, and we have two two people in Canada. So one's in Montreal, one's in Toronto. Anyway, but it's a fairly, it's not that bad for most of us to get there. Well, the first reaction I had like when he just said, uh, "I think we're going to go. We should. We'll all meet in Montreal." Was like, I felt my chest suddenly get like tightened, and like, oh, oh fuck, I can't. <laughs> what? I can't, what? So, um, I, I was. But they are really super cool about it, and have like talked to me and like said, "Dude, you don't. This is." I know you struggle with this. You don't feel pressure. You don't have to do this if it's not fun. It's different because we, like most of us, like to travel. If it's not cool, fun for you, we'll, we'll make, we'll figure out whatever to, you know, you need to do. That's fine. You know, you don't need to do this stuff. So they're super cool about it. Um, so thankfully, I work with people who are super cool about it. Um, sometimes the, the the thing that I worry about, and thankfully they've made me feel not this way, is that I worry that, and and I think you'll run into cases where you become kind of a pain in the ass to people because of it. And that's, the thing. Yeah. that really sucks, you know, like, because I don't want to let people down <laughs> and, yeah. I, I know, and, and I know that, <clears throat> you know, it, maybe it's sometimes it's just like, you know, I, I get upset more easily and, you know, I, I know people, and I know that I must be frustrating for people to deal with, like, because yeah. it's like, why is he get flying off the handle about this shit? And I'm, you know, I end up having to apologize about it. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm being a dick. I'm sorry. I'm, I just, yeah. you know, and, and I know there's that. And then there's things like, I just, like, you know, I can't, I can't travel like the way you guys are talking about. I can't do that. And then, and like some of the people we work with, you talk about this indie life stuff, man, they, they're just like, yeah, man, I'm just going to, like, uh, live in a couple different Airbnbs for the next six months. You know? <laughs> what? what are you talking about? What happens if if this happens? How do you know? What are you going to – what happens tomorrow? And they're like, oh, you know, let's figure it out. And I'm like, like that, that just isn't how my brain works. I yeah. mean, it, it, I, I'm, I'm just so deeply uncomfortable with it that when they talk about it, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like, they – and, and – I, thank God, in the sense that they get, they're able to do that, 
And because I would like to worry a lot less in my life, right? And I would, I would like to not stress about things like, like for three weeks before I'm going to take a flight, like I'm going to get there on time. Right? Yes. Right. Um, flying is hard. I actually, I say I don't like flying. The flying. Uh, if itself, I may interrupt, uh, just to yeah. bring it back to something before we go on to the public, yeah. the topic of transportation, which is yes, something of, in of itself. Uh, I think the uh, the the moment about. The notion of being a drag on other people is yeah. maybe for me just the emotionally probably the hardest part of living with all this shit. Same. The 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 fear, the constant nagging fear that you might be a burden on other people, and yeah, uh, or uh, or a hassle, or somebody who you know, like you you. Who, you- I, I I think of it always as like I don't want to feel like people are accommodating me. Like you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Somehow I'm getting like like people are like doing shit just to placate me or just because they're like, oh well we'll just shut him up, we'll let him do this. We don't understand it. He's a what a weirdo, but like we'll let him do his thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just hate that feeling that someone might be like that there's this somehow people have this like secret opinion of me that like they're never gonna say, but like some like there's something some sort of fault that they see in me. I mean, it's, of course, duh, what that is, is that that's me feeling very negatively about this part of myself, and I'm afraid of other people feeling that, you know, projecting that out onto everyone else, because I I feel ashamed of it, and I feel, like, bad about it, and I assume everyone else is thinking the same shit. And so it's, like, it's just so destructive, because even, it happens not just with, like, work people, but, like, with my friends, like, like anyone in my life, I'm like if like I worry that they might like somehow have this like negative opinion of me that they're keeping from me, and it's like destructive because then you like start pushing people away because you're like, well, I'm I'm pretty sure that person secretly hates me anyway, so I'll just not talk to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spell spare the them. I'll spare them from inflicting my horrid, awful personality on them that they secretly hate, but don't have. They can't tell me out of kindness and respect because they're so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think and what was really hard for me to kind of get my head around is the essential paradox. Like, people always say, you know, oh, work on yourself and then, you know, handle <laughs> the other shit later. And with regards to that aspect of depression and mental illness, no, you actually need to start trusting other people before yes. yeah. you can before you can work on yourself because if you don't trust other people then you will constantly sabotage yourself you will constantly yeah. uh second guess other people because you're letting your own feelings about yourself interrupt it, like interrupt and intercede uh with your relationships with other people yeah. and it will dr- and it will drive them crazy when you're self sabotaging because i don't care what uh like when my friends are sad i don't like i i don't I don't judge them for it. I want to be there if I can. But if my friends are get are questioning my motive, then that genuinely does hurt. Like, yeah, it's like I, that I, that uh, that David Foster Wallace quote about how depression is like ultimately a form of narcissism because you're just it's this inward focus on the self, yep. and it's mm-hmm. just like you're 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 so focused on your own thing, and the more you think about yourself and your own situation and your own problems, the worse it gets. And it's like at its mo- uh, at its apex, it's really you're literally just consuming yourself in in just all of these feelings, and there's no- nothing from the outside can even get in, and you just mm-hmm. like just eat yourself like an herbos or whatever or however you pronounce that callback to me pronouncing yeah. words incorrectly. It's it, you, you, it <laughs> rhymes with with Thesaurus. 
<laughs> I think it actually that, might. Isn't that the tattoo that Scully had on her back? <laughs> That's hard. Oh man. Um, we could talk about that. But like that was the hardest lesson for me to learn was to was that before working on myself, I had to uh, reach out externally and trust my friends when they said when they said you know I believe in you and when they said that you're my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, super difficult you know, for me. And that was really hard. I know that that was hard for me for a long time because I had, I don't know about you guys, but um, I had like a really traumatic junior high experience. Oh, dude. Oh, it was yeah. fucking and, awful. And, and, <laughs> but people like, yeah. Like, like I switched schools. And... Yeah, I spent every year of junior high, every year of junior high in a different school. What up? And people like, like my friends at the old school. Like I, they decided suddenly that I, they didn't like me and, um, and, and then this is, you know, basically like nobody was actually like a friend like that would stick up for me, like in junior high. And so I had this just deep seated, like fear that people are always going to, uh, like turn out to like betray me, I guess, basically. Right. 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 And, and, uh, the funny thing was I, well, I guess it's not really funny, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hilariously not, not enough. Hey, <laughs> well, when I was in a mental ward for a couple months as a kid, uh, it, when I, like it's really these adolescent units. Right. And, yeah. uh, in there with other kids who were having problems, uh, on an inpatient basis. Um, like, the dudes who those like I met some people in there and they were actually totally cool with me and just like accepted me. And it was these punk rock kids. Right. So <laughs> that was, those are like, like he could actually, like he would actually be honest with me and like I this guy, Dennis, who would actually be honest with me and, and was like my, like was my friend just, and he knew like what I was like. And he was like, yeah, you're a nerd, but you're cool. <laughs> right. I, I think and, that kind of uh, sums up this podcast too. Shouts out to Dennis. Right. And this was before being a nerd was cool because this was like in 1988. Damn. <laughs> so uh, 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 yeah. I, well, talk I, about the I, old school. I was yeah, born right. that year. Yeah, yeah exactly, same. So, yeah, exactly. I, I was. I was a little tight. I was two. I was. 13. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was before nerds made money. I, yeah yeah this was it was not cool like like once i remember in high school being like hey like somebody was having a party it was either freshman or sophomore year and i was tending to a guy and he was he was gonna have his party and you know, i was like hey you know i could bring my i could bring my commodore 64 over and we could play video games or something like that and he was like yeah i don't i don't think that's a good idea <laughs> no. i don't think anybody's gonna want to do that I, I don't think that's nobody's going to want to do that. Now these motherfuckers are always playing video games and fucking parties and shit. I know you can't have a party without like fucking Halo or Guitar Hero. No, like I would be but, genuinely upset. But I'm the asshole because yeah. I wanted to bring a fucking game, right? Well, it's just different, right? I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel like our generation, like we we were like it changed like as we were getting out of high school. Yeah. At least where where when like yeah. nerds were still. Desperately uncool in the nineties when I was yeah yeah like, and then and, like and, and the two thousand like, well in the early two thousands it was starting to change right like the early that's when the, that's, that's when what, the tide started to turn but like yeah. now I, I see kids and they're like like you assholes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 
It's well, it's all the internet because suddenly you can talk to other like it's you see that other people are into it and it's right, normal. yeah, like, and people who are good at the internet like nerds, like yeah, people the, who can wield those particular powers like you naturally look up to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like make way, Tumblr, that's the best example. Tumblr. Make way more money in those fuckers uh, <laughs> that I went to high school with, but um, uh, no, but the 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 point is that 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 was really tough, and 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 I think you have that feeling that. Like, you, you definitely have that feeling that, like, people are kind of going to betray you. And thankfully, like, I went to a – I had a, a pretty – a really good high school experience at a at a small uh, private school that people were just mostly really understanding. And even though I was kind of, you know – you know, even, even the teachers and shit, like, like, I was just – when I got out of that place and, like, I switched schools to this different place, I was just really pissed off at the world. I was really mad, and I felt like – you motherfuckers yeah. don't know what's going on, right? And uh, it's like, I'm going to bring the revolution to you. And, um, <laughs> Have you tried overthrowing the proletariat? The, the, yeah, the bourgeoisie? Right. Not but I was like, you don't know what it's like. <laughs> hey, Craig. You like overthrow it's, them. It's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like you guys are up in your uh, little world. I, I'm, I'm free up here. I'm free. And like uh, like Charlie Manson, right? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> God and the devil. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but, but I I remember that. Um, uh, I remember like being. I was just so pissed off at shit, and like I I would be in class, and I would just be like, I was like a freshman in high school at a, at a multi denominational Christian school, and like uh. these dudes were like, and I was like, this is just bullshit. Like swearing in class and shit like that, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and they were at, like. To, to be fair, they should have just probably, like, at a normal place, they probably would have just been like, get the fuck out of here, right? But no, they, they were like, you know, they kind of put up with it and tried to help me and help me through it. And so it was actually a really, really good experience. Um, but, yeah, totally. It's that, it's that, that's really hard, that feeling that, like, either people don't really, like, I still never really recovered from it. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, that still colors, I mean, yeah. I guess I've recovered, but it still colors my experience and, like, how I feel about it. And I guess I'm, I'm a lot better than I was, but there's this, there's definitely a feeling like, uh, do the, does this people, does this guy actually like, like me or can I trust mm-hmm. him or think? Yeah. And, and the thing is that I find that's what it's, this is a different kind of experience. And maybe I can speak to this uh, and maybe you guys probably, I could, I don't think any of you have kids. Um, no, nope. not, it's, not that okay. I know of. Yeah, right. Uh, oh my god, I hope not. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, for <laughs> sake, too. Um, the, uh, one of the things that I used to, like, when I would see things, like, that were, like, kids' books or things like that, it would make me, like, immediately super melancholy when I'd see it. Because I felt like I'd had, like, uh, I'd had, like, a really, like, things were going okay until I got into sixth grade, and then suddenly everything went to shit. Right. And you sort of feel like that sort of like makes you fundamentally feel like, well, childhood is ultimately a black disappointment. And, um, <laughs> and, and Jesus, which now, is kind now, of not not cool. Right. Now, there is um, a children's book. Yeah. Right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, written by Jean-Paul Sartre and illustrated by Simone de Beauvoir. Yeah, it's actually you always have a choice. It's, I would read the fuck out of that book. I think yeah, that's right? a good episode title right there. <laughs> yes, um, kind of long, but it'll it'll work. No, just yeah. just childhood is a black disappointment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, so when I have a kid, it's really tough to like. Um, you're t- you're really really scared that it's going to end up like it did for you for him, 
But thank God he's not. He actually seems to be really strong and able to deal with stuff a lot better. I mean, it's, it's still, believe me, a lot of similarities between he and I, and and that is a uh, that's something that I try to help him with. But it's it's uh, it's it's it, one of the things you have to be careful as a parent is not to like imprint your anxieties on your children, and and it's a uh, it's a it can be a thing where like so. I, like, if you're, like, really, like, hey, I had this problem when I was a kid, so you really super worry about that in your own kid to try to hope that, like, to try to help them not be like that, one of the things you can do is make them constantly now, like, anxious and worried about it, and you kind of put them in that position where you, you heighten their, where they wouldn't have necessarily even really gone down that path unless you were kind of like, hey, you know, uh, it's really, you know, this is something we should really talk about or something like that, or you're constantly worried about stuff, like, you know, oh, maybe they're going to have problems learning or they're not going to get along with, with kids or they're going to get really upset and be really emotional or things like that. And, you know, it, so you have to kind of fight that. But um, uh, I can tell I'm losing you all talking about parenting. But um, no, no, no. <laughs> I, and I wanted, to say, I wanted to say, you know, like your, your, your child is very lucky in that the, uh, it should, you know, that should they encounter that later in life. Uh, I'll have somebody who understands that shit, and uh, and you know I'm not going <clears> to <throat> delve into you know, my family history. Though my uh, I will say my family has a history of depression and other mental right. illnesses, and yeah. you know like I I suffer from bipolar disorder, and so that sort of I, I think it's somewhat funneled down into me. But I would not be where I am if I didn't have my family was incredibly <clears throat> supportive, same during like yeah. fucking junior right. high and when same. I was just miserable. <laughs> And so, I, I, yeah, go ahead. And I, on, on the other hand, like I mean, uh, my my mom, uh, you know, she, I, I have I have obsessive compulsive disorder, and my mom exhibits the same symptoms. We, she, we never talked about it. Like I, I had no idea. I just thought you know my mom and my grandmother as well. Like were just like super fucking neurotic, um, which they are. But there's they, a reason for it. They're not right. just neurotic. Like, it, you know, and it took until, like, and, just, and this was months ago that, that, you know, I was talking to my mom on the phone, and and she's telling me, like, I, I was, t like, she, she she was like, what what are you even talking about? Like, I, I, I remember, like, because, like, when I was a kid, I exhibited, like, I, I would wash my hands until they were, like, bleeding, like, and, and that, that wasn't strange to anybody. And then, and then, uh, I was talking to her about, like, you know, should I do, like, I'm, like, I engage in a lot of checking and shit like that and like my mom's like oh i i do that and i was like what huh what drop phone like and <laughs> like and, drop the mic but drop the phone right and and then she tells me like she's been on medication like for a while and i'm like holy wow. fucking shit like why didn't you tell me and, and on, <laughs> on, on the one hand i was kind of pissed but on the other i was really relieved because because i was like well shit now i now i know somebody my family understands and, and right. that's a that's a huge deal yeah like, I mean, I have people like who I can talk to about it, but like now I can talk. Like I, 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 it's not. It's an element of my life that I can share with them that I previously felt I couldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it, it, and it's super important. I think to you know, because sure, some, uh, some mental illness. You know, if if your circumstances may provoke that, but like if it runs in your family, I think you need to talk about it with yeah. your family. Yeah. You need to have that reconciliation, or you're gonna have like incredible angst but i wanted to bring this back to like half an hour earlier to when we were talking <laughs> about uh when we were talking about the positive attributes of uh well w w 
positive attributes is a, is a weird term. Let's say uh, advantageous. Advantageous. Excellent. The, the, the pros. The pros. The pros. Yeah. Because um, when I think of uh, software development and I think of mental illness, uh, the first thing that pops into my head is uh, gratitude. Because throughout, like, because I, I started coding when I was 15 or 16 or so. And throughout all of the terrible times, like all of the just incredible like bullshit that you know my brain is, has been putting my itself through, uh, I've always had this, you know, and something that I knew I was objectively good at, something that I could look at, you know, that I I could say I'm fucking good at this, and and all the negative voices in my head wouldn't be able to deny this. Uh, something so just as uh, my mental illness, you know, has sometimes made my programming better. I would say sometimes my programming ability has made my mental illness better because it's been a bastion, a sort of rock that I could fall back when everything, you know, when I felt totally shitty at myself, you know, I can at least do one fucking thing. And Man, write yeah. code, yeah. and people love my fucking code, and I at least have that. I'm that so jealous. I have. Really I don't have the. the I don't have that experience at all. No, like for a long time, I had a, such tremendous insecurity about my like, just my coding abilities and my like contributions and like, because I I got started less working on my own stuff and like working within a group context. Like that was where like, mm. where I got started programming was within a group of people, and I was always very very insecure about my own like how much I was contributing and like what I was doing. I still have that. Like when I'm working with someone, with, when I'm working in that, like a dynamic of like with somebody, I'm still like super insecure about like how much am I doing? Like, am I not doing enough? Like, am I like slowing the other person down? Like, am I like promising I'm going to do shit and then not doing it? And it's, so it's like, I still, that like really, I think has hurt me a lot in, in that because it's made it really difficult for me to like, honestly be able to like examine like those those issues from an honest perspective and instead i just have this like noise from mental illness of like you suck you're not good enough like you know you're you're not doing a good enough job they secretly think you know they only kind of humor you and they put you know people put you know give you like stuff to do that isn't really you know worthwhile or they're just going to rewrite it later or whatever and like i would get very territorial and like upset about stuff a lot of the time yeah and like because i was like very afraid that it was like people were going to be like negatively judging me about it. So I would like, you know, like lash out at people and like stuff like that. And so it was like, it was, it was only really once I started doing a lot of stuff on my own and like got out of that context and like did do like, you know, build stuff from scratch by myself and like work in an individual context uh, that I really did develop those sorts of like, okay, like I do know what I'm doing. Like I am talented. Like I know how to do this like sort of thing. So it's like, I find it really interesting, Patrick, that you had such a different yeah. experience from me. I'm I, checking my privilege right now, and, and I, I, I had a similar. <laughs> I, I think I had a similar experience uh, to Patrick, and and because I feel like in many ways, like you know, the, the kind of issues I deal with, and in, in some ways, uh, are, are related to a lack of control over things. Like I, I can't control whether like I need to go like stare at my sink for twenty fucking minutes, but like. I, I can't like when if I sit down at like my computer and I want to code like I can control that and like I can feel really good like I'm like I'm like I'm good at this and like I also don't feel like stupid obsessing over something for a long time. Yeah. I, I like I can just channel that and be like I'm going to obsess over like you know this minute thing that nobody will ever notice 
for like six hours and I'm not like, I'm an irrational human being. Because I mean, it matters. I, I, I may still be, but uh, it, 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 doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel so stupid. It well, matters yeah, in yeah. this context, you know, right, right. like, because when you're building shit and you're building shit that you may have to work on for the next six months, like, if you don't spend six hours thinking about a de- the detail of the software you're working on, that you're, you're fucking stupid. Like, put as much thought as you possibly can into it. Right. You know, uh, it's funny because my experience was more uh where i i have a lot of i had i think i'm getting better at it but i've still have a lot of insecurities about um my code but the funny thing is is that i think i came at it from the opposite direction where i basically was like a lone wolf web guy for most of the time and then it's only been in the past like three years where i've started doing a lot more team stuff like team oriented stuff and i think my big fear is i would get into that and uh, it would turn out I really didn't know what I was doing, like, and and I was like, uh, oh, really? I, I, and these guys really do know what they're doing, and I don't. And this has kind of been fake. And I mean, that kind of ties into this thing, imposter syndrome, a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. That, uh, oh God, fuck it. We could don't. we could dedicate a whole episode to imposter oh, syndrome. God, yeah. Right. I don't um, know a single programmer who doesn't suffer from imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, C- it's, Carl Adam. I, I'm, I'm completely. Oh Carl, yeah, Carl, our friend of the show, Carl Adam, friend of the show, Carl Adam. That guy. That, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's probably Truth, a couple of people. But I look at like we we've been looking at um, folks we're gonna hire in on um, to to work on done not done this thing that uh, this site that I'm uh, building at work and uh, I'm afraid because we're sort of tr- it's gonna we're gonna transition and, and folks are gonna come in and start working on the code who hadn't before and I'm terrified they're gonna come in and they're gonna be like uh, do you even know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, you even Dude, what, lists, bro. What? What is? This? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, why did you do that? This is yeah. fucking terrible. I hate, I hate watching those nope. videos of the like the people doing the weightlifting incorrectly because that's just like <laughs> that's my like entire life is like being worried yeah. that people will make fun of me for doing shit incorrectly. Like that's oh, yeah. literally my everyday experience. Is like, <laughs> am I like like about shit, even shit like using the elevator. Like literally, like using the elevator when someone else is in it is an anxious is an experience that makes me incredibly yeah. anxious. Like, yeah. like is that as if there's a fucking wrong way to use the elevator? But I'm terrified that I'm gonna find Have a way. Have you tried like, licking the buttons? <laughs> I hear that. But that's the, the worst the thing is that I actually I'm so nervous that I actually do fuck it up. That's the fucked up thing. Like I'll hit the button for the floor that I'm on. And then close. The, well, like I'm on the tenth floor, and I hit ten, and then close, and it doesn't go anywhere. And then I feel like a gigantic. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> I do that. Like, and that's a David Foster Wallace thing time. about about depression being depression and mental illness, and generally being a self perpetuating force about how the how a feeling causes negative actions, and then those actions feed back into the feeling. And it's like it's like the physical reaction of shock, you know, the shock in the medical term. Uh, they say shock is a serious health emergency because it's a self-perpetuating cycle. And right. if you know, if someone keep, if someone is uh, is in shock and they don't get medical treatment, you know, they can have like a they can have a heart attack. And it's similar to that because it's super self-perpetuating, and you need to like fucking learn shit to get yourself out of that. Right. Yeah, you really do. And so it's a. Uh... Uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Um, 
Now I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but I guess that we can say there's pluses and minuses, right? <laughs> there's there's <laughs> to it. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I, I think that it's, it's been a, you know, I, I, I think all in all, I think the thing is that we, uh, that talking about this stuff more, I think really does help people. And that's what I'm hoping that we get to do. And uh, so that's what I'm, I'm going to try to do that. Um, I, I'm hoping that there's a couple conferences I'm going to be able to speak at, like Open Source Bridge and uh, stuff like that. You guys can go ahead and laugh. I don't know what you're looking at. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Like it's, uh, it's something in the, <laughs> something in the group chat. Is that, is that from Twin Peaks? Yeah, it's from Twin Peaks. <laughs> okay. right. I didn't click on it and, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> Why did I even click on it? Like, you said it was from <laughs> Twin Peaks. It's gonna be. I knew. I knew what it was going to be. Like, I should just remember that milkshake, like, slug and just be like, nope. Like, that's good enough. Um, but, you know, that's my hopes. I can uh, to go to some conferences and talk about it, and hopefully they'll go well. Yeah, man. Uh, That'd be awesome. Is, if you're listening to this shit, hire Ed. Do it now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not for, like, I mean, I have a job already, but, like, yeah, you should, you should definitely. Yeah, Commission, should speak. Ed. Yes. Yeah, if, you, if, if you like Ed. us, if you like us, we endorse Ed, and if you don't like yeah. us, Ed would have never have anything to do with us ever again. Hire him. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. So, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. We're going to talk about rap now, right? Yeah, I can't yes. help but notice that we haven't talked about rap so far. But I, I, we did a like, brief little shout-outs, but we have not done a whole segment yet on rap. I think we could talk about how great Ice-T's Twitter feed is. Oh, it's he, fabulous, isn't yeah. it? Final it's level. fucking fantastic. Final level. Yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, drop some science on you guys. Um, I kind of feel like uh, I, I don't like Ice T. The first um, the first hip hop album I bought was a cassette in 1991 of, of Ice T's OG original Gangster. Nice, and that's OG. That, it is, <laughs> and, and uh, I the thing that like the thing that I think he's always been really there's a couple things I guess. One, I always think he's, even though he's pretty, like, he's a pretty street dude, uh, he's actually a pretty smart guy and, like, a pretty yeah. thoughtful guy compared to, like, a lot of, like, you'll see some dudes come out and they're just clearly just morons, right? Chief Keef. Yeah, Chief right. Keef. I love <laughs> Chief Keef, but dude doesn't have two bla- two brain cells to rub together. No. Right. Chief Keef like, is not... And I think Chief Keef would be the first to admit that he he is not a, an intellectual An titan. intellectual yeah, right. And then um, I guess the other thing is, dude, that guy. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have like sat down, and, like really listened to a bunch of Ice T stuff. That dude can tell a story like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And and mm-hmm. that's what he is really, really good at. Like he is not like uh, you know, not always a crazy political shit or whatever. Like he's not public enemy or whatnot. But he <laughs> could always tell a really good story and just like set a mood and like pull you into that and that's i just always thought he was so good at that and that's those are the tracks that are just the best of that where he set that mood really well so like og yeah. is filled with that stuff and then um even some of the stuff like layer stuff he did in the 90s where like he kind of you know he wasn't nearly as popular in terms of his music career um he's still there's just some really good fucking jams on that shit and mm-hmm. just the way he can just tell a story about about stuff it just puts you in that place and it's pretty it's interesting 
for like um a, a white kid who lives in a uh, a very uh, small town in Michigan, like can like <laughs> kind of like, put you in this place, and and in a way that you sort of can kind of understand like what it's like. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. look, like it's not. It, believe me, I'm not like saying I know what the fucking. There's this line um, uh, from uh, Holiday in Cambodia by the Dead Kennedys where it says this guy is like talking about how he loves ethnic jazz and he's uh, saying that you know how the N-words uh, are, feel cold and the sun's got so much soul. And and I believe me, I am not that guy. But, <laughs> um, but uh, he, man, he could just put you in a place and really like make you sort of feel that. And mm-hmm. I always just thought that was so good. And I'm I'm not like the biggest hip hop guy in the world or anything, but and basically, I don't like anything except when I was a, a teenager. But um, <laughs> uh, I, it's really good. And and you know what? He's just a, I don't know. I just think he's a cool guy. I mean, I don't yeah. agree with every single thing he did, but I think he's a thoughtful and smart guy, and actually seems to be pretty cool to people and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. His Twitter feed is a trip. Um, I'm looking. Have, have at, you? Got, have uh, you? Got, uh, one sidebar before we go on with that. Have you guys seen the uh, the video of him destroying his like old MacBook? Yes, it's so oh, good. Yes. He's just like he's so just good. so regular. He just like out there is like on his like recycling bins like behind his house, and he just takes a crowbar to it and just like pulls it the yeah, fuck he's apart. Like, yeah, this is broken. But we'll put that in the show shape. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking uh, here. At a at a blog entry entitled "Ice Tea Teaches Amy Mon a Lesson in Politeness." Yes, oh, that was awesome. Yes, Amy Mon is good. I don't know this some country so singer. I don't know. I don't listen to country. No, uh, she's she, she's not. She's, she's, like an, she's like an indie, she's a like singer songwriter. Yeah, indie, okay, like, indie, uh, indie country, same thing. It's white people. She did the, uh, <laughs> you know, the movie Magnolia. She did the soundtrack for that. That's the PTA movie, right? Yeah. Um, but it's actually, I think she's a pretty good musician, but apparently she did not know who Ice-T was. So continue. So she says, quote, Christ, there is no reason in the world that anybody should have ever cast Ice-T in a television show. And then Ice-T tweeted her back and said, hey, Amy Mullen, stop worrying about my acting, bitch, and worry about your whack-ass music. In the meantime, <laughs> eat a hot bowl of dicks. Ice-T. <laughs> I, I love that he signed it. Yep. It's, oh, he got a little sign-off on there. Like, love, XOXO, Ice-T. Like. And then her responses, uh, uh, her responses are pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, no! Somebody just told me that Ice-T responded to my tweet about him. This can't be good. I'm not going to read it. I don't want him mad at me. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. He's out there doing his job, and he doesn't need any heckling. So I'm sorry, Mr. T. You go out there and do it. Mr. T. And then Ice-T scratched the beef. Then he, the, he, he, he behaved like a, like a good human being. He said, okay, homegirl, apologize. Say no more. Cease fire. Once again, there's peace in Twitterland. Ice-T. <laughs> Signed again. How so, brilliant is that? If he didn't sign it, it might be a fake. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and also, like Patrick, Patrick, as you as you've noted before, like we we live in a time where we can follow Ice T on Twitter and get video game recommendations from him, and potentially even play with him. Yeah, yeah dude, he crazy. he loves yeah. video games. He loves yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's a yeah. 
So I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I've always, it's just, I grew up with that sort of, so like, I have a lot of respect for that dude. Yeah, Um, definitely. I mean, to the point where, and I'm slightly, well, not really, I'm not too embarrassed, but I really like this show, Ice and Coco. Oh, dude, it's adorable. I love that show. And uh, I was very traumatized when there were those pictures of Coco with another uh, guy because she's out in Las Vegas. And uh, I was very worried about their relationship, but apparently everything seems to be okay. Yeah, because, like, that's some some real shit. They're not, like, this isn't, like, Real Housewives of Miami, like, when people are throwing glasses of each other at each other. Uh, This is, like, they're... There are two people, like, de- dealing with the pressures of being famous, uh, and uh, it, it, it's it's actually a pretty good television because they're, like, you'll have something, and then one person will disagree with it, and there'll be another, and I see will be like, frowny face. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually, he's actually really good on, uh, what the fuck is the name of the show that he's on? I know it's been Law named Law and Order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really SVU. good on it. He's on SVU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't remember which Law and Order yeah, or CSI he, or whatever I, he was on. He, he gets all these amazing lines. Like he's like some kind of anal contusion. Like, <laughs> See, I had got, a brief sojourn. He just in such a got a great. He just such got a great. He's just got such a great voice bleh, that it's like I I feel like as a writer you just like want to put awesome shit in his mouth and he's just gonna like. It's going to just flow out there, like, mellifluously, and you're just like, ugh. Nope. Yeah. So, like, I I had a brief sojourn in a metal ward myself uh, the the last year of uh, college. Um, I'd come back from an, an incredible uh, internship, and I was, I was suddenly plunged into a vat full of misery, which is how I would disca- describe college life, and I just couldn't deal. <laughs> uh, and I started freaking out, and... Blah, 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 blah. What I remember most about the Metal Ward, there was an SVU marathon on the entire time I was there. So I had, uh, I, I, I had intense conversations about my feelings. Then we'd come back to Ice-T saying, wait, you mean this guy likes little girls? <laughs> <laughs> he must be some kind of whack job. I know, right? And then Ice T would <laughs> kick down a door. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think Ice T work knows how to work a doorknob. I think he just like, uses his foot, yeah. and I'm okay with that because uh, dude's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, I just yeah, can't help think. feeling feel like SVU is maybe not the smartest thing to show at the mental ward. Just like from yeah, the, like, I don't know. Like no, they just not. had it on uh, whatever the channel is. Like yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying like. You'd think some like orderly or something like that would like go in there and be like, maybe, maybe this is the yeah, not sa- the pro- appropriate. Let's put on the weather channel. Like, how about that? Like, this is something yeah, nice I and like and chill I, for someone. There's I fewer, watched SVU fewer. and I discussed uh, with the uh, schizophrenic lady about the communists and how she, uh, how they were pursuing her, and these were my conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that that that's the that's a tie-in uh, for SVU. Personally, to me, and I fucking love SVU. It's so good. I have a difficult time watching it because it's it's very like the situations are just so intense that like I can't really watch more than like one or even one in like without like having to take a break. Mm-hmm. And like I know a lot of people who like put on it in the background. And I'm just like I don't understand how you do that. I mean, like how like it's just so intense and like these people are having these like moments and there's all this emotion happening and you're just like. 
how do you how are you working right now like dude i don't if, get it like ah Given unlimited Law and Order and unlimited food and, and maybe like a colostomy bag, colostomy bag stadium pal situation, <laughs> you could you could keep me successfully keep me in one spot forever if you just played Law and Order. Over. My friend went to the SVU set and got a gavel that when you bang it makes the bong bong. Ah, oh, that's awesome. It's okay. so that, perfect. That needs, that needs to be a button. That, that maybe that's the successor. To Yes, I think it's difficult to describe that in the in uh like more auditor auditorily, you know, because ham is easy to describe in a word, but bong bong. I think bong yeah, bong sure. would pr pretty much pretty much cover it. Although you might start start sounding like the RZA. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You <laughs> might you might raise some Cheech and Chong uh aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> like like L and O bong bong button. Yeah, there you go. But that, right. that that's not that's not snappy. Hambutton.com. There's a brand. There's you a brand you can LNO run button, with, motherfucker. You know, L N O button. Like that would work. Anyway, it's this we're getting number of syllables. SB three syllables. <laughs> uh, there's a rhythm to it. Yeah. You know? No. It, it just uh, I just fell into it, man. I don't know how it just happened. It just right. came out of me, man. I think it's a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> or there's a spondy. You know. Every, they say everybody has, you know, every, some people have one great novel in them. You, you had, you had one, one great uh, novelty website. Yes, yeah, that's about <laughs> it. That's about it. One You'll go on great, to great American novelty website. <laughs> yep. You, you are the Steinbeck of novelty web, website. The Twain of novelty website. <laughs> I think we're insulting him fundamentally. <laughs> No, that's that's about the best I could probably hope for. I think. <laughs> well, fuck y'all! Like, I don't have anything more to cover. I think I'm good. I, have to I think this has been a rad episode. Yes, yeah. thank, thank you, Ed, for for joining oh, us. Yes, much yeah. thanks to Ed. Uh, props to his show. Uh, Dev, do you call it Dev Hell or Development Hell? Well, the full name development is Development Hell. Hell the Third. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a, and it's a devhell.info if you want to go there, all one word. So, uh, yeah. Yep, me and Chris uh, do that thing, and that works out pretty good. So, yeah. It's, and, it's a good show. I, I'm not much into the PHP myself because I despise all scripting languages. Of course. But, because... <laughs> No, no shit. Like I literally write everything I can in Haskell because I'm a goddamn nerd. Yeah, yeah. high five. Uh, yeah, something um, to be proud of. <laughs> yeah, uh, I spend my time like, yeah. When you write, when you write in Haskell, like, you know, the, you know, like the the Oracle at Delphi, the one, the uh, the maiden who would like. She, she she got the vapors, right? Is that how that yeah, worked? She, she got the vapors. The vapors coming from, like, the sulfurous vent. Yep. She would, like, breathe in that shit. And then she would, like, talk for a while. And, like, the dudes would interpret. That's, yeah, I saw that's 300. Me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, a 300. Uh, that's... that. The the compiler is the, is the oracle. And that's me trying to figure out what the compiler is saying. But, yeah, don't do it unless you're me and you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, yeah tldr get on patrick's level you can't get on my level except ice t who's on the final the final level final he's level. on the final level 
Yeah. Definitionally, I cannot get on Ice T's level. Yeah. Because if you did, he'd kick you the fuck off. I don't. I. I. I would be intimidated. I wouldn't say scared of, but certainly intimidated by and deferential to Ice T. Oh, I yes, I think that that's the way you got to pull that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, have folks. you read his biography, autobiography? It's good stuff. I have it, and I'm embarrassed to say I haven't actually read it. But don't tell it him that; he'll probably be upset. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. I don't. I don't, I don't want him to be mad at me. There's a really good <laughs> chapter. Uh, there's a really good chapter where he's uh, he's talking about uh, his relationship with his son. Like his son got into trouble with the law, like some like breaking and entering shit or something. Like nothing, nothing you know, huge. Nothing involving protracted you know court battles, but like something bad, something you can't just brush under the rug. And, like, his son brought up this, you know, oh, well, how would you do it? Which is exactly, you know, like, exactly what he was waiting for. Uh-oh. And there's, like, a brilliant, like, three-page, like, I would say, I don't know how to pronounce the word exegesis. Exegesis? Exegesis. Exegesis. It rhymes with Thesaurus. Yes. Exegesis about how he would. I'm so happy you used the word exegesis. Yes. Uh, I've only seen it written down. I've never used the word before. Uh, yeah, a three-page exegesis about how he would have committed the B&E. <laughs> and he's like, son, you're a dumbass. This is how you should have done it. And that's why that's you're hilarious. grounded. That, that reminds me of that, that. Remember when O.J. Simpson was briefly going to publish a book called oh, If I, I Did It? If I Did It. If I Did It. And he was like, <laughs> it was like, yeah. it lasted one news cycle. And he was like, uh, nope, then, just kidding, bye! The family, the family of uh, Nicole Brown uh, got the rights to publish the book, and it's published as, as in parentheses, if I did it. Holy shit. Yes, yeah, you can buy it, oh, and it's... the if is in tiny letters, and it says, I did it. By OJ Simpson. <laughs> I, I, I'm not joking. This is how it works. I thought it was. I thought he like. I didn't know he actually went through with it. I thought it was just like he said. Oh no, yeah, I'll, I'll be. It. I'll be writing this book, and then he just never. It just, he just disappeared, sunk back off into whatever spider hole he was hiding in until until he got arrested that, and then went. To that PDF. Yeah, he. Well, that they leaked the PDF like right before it was supposed to get published, and it did not the first time because I'm actually looking at it now because I saved it. If I could call back for a second, I, I just can't let this pass. Patrick, not not only is that the first time <coughs> you, you've said exegesis, but I think you may be the first because because normally that, that word is used in a context um, uh, that is theological in nature. Like I know the word because I come from a line of preachers and theologically inclined people. And you may be the first person to have used it in the context of describing what Ice T might write. <laughs> or, or, and certainly, tea. certainly with the with the uh, the object of that sentence being a B and E, a B and E, yeah, indeed. <laughs> nice. uh, no, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you. You're welcome. I I try. Postmodem. Come for the mental illness. Stay for the vocabulary. <laughs> Damn. Episode title right there. <laughs> All right, y'all, we gotta we gotta close this off. We're twenty minutes past the episode time, but this has been real. So thank you, Ed Finkler. This thank has you, been you awesome. Bet. Thank you for Absolutely. having me. You're welcome. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Bye.
This is Ice-T talking to you, boy. I'ma tell you what time it is. Yo, it's time for me to pump up the volume. No problem, the record's revolving. Evil's the mixer, I'm the rap trickster. Paparazzi's on the bum rush for pictures. Ice, cooling, yo, colder than ever. Punk executioner, evil.